Thanks very much, Sue. Um, if you could have your Bibles open um, to that passage in First Peter, that would be great. As I come, um, I'm just reminded that I, I um, that I, although I feel like jars of clay, a jar of clay that I hold um, this great gospel message, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And let's just pray that as I speak, that the, the surpassing power of God will be displayed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your living and active word, and we pray that you'll cut our hearts and shape our lives, that we may live as your servants in all things that we do. Speak to us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was ordained um, at the age of 27. I think I was the second youngest person to be ordained in that class. Um, I was given a bunch of different things um, by my church, and one of them was this collar, which we affectionately call dog collar, and you, you can see me wearing it every other week when we uh, do uh, uh, communion. And for a while, I was young, and I wasn't used to wearing anything formal, and I didn't really like wearing this thing. But the, the biggest reason probably why I didn't like it was because I, I felt like I was setting myself apart from everybody else. Not just apart, actually, slightly above everybody else. And it didn't really help that I didn't know exactly what it was used for. But my dad is also an Anglican minister, so I went to my dad and I said, Dad, what is this for? Why? Why do we wear this thing? And this is what he told me. He said that the collar is a sign of a call, a special call not to be put above others, but actually put, uh, to be put below others. He explained that the collar was, in fact, a sign of slavery. So slaves used to wear these collars, and he said that you, this is a sign that you have been bought by Jesus Christ. That, that you, your life is not, is no longer yours, but is Christ's. And that this is a sign of your call, not only to, to Christ, but then also to God's people to whom he died, for, for whom he died. Whether that's historically accurate or not, I think that's not historically accurate explanation. But I think theologically speaking, it's a perfect explanation for what it is. It's a sign that reminds me that I'm to be a servant of God and for God's people. But the question is, is this only my calling? Is it only my calling? Priests wear this now, but in the Old Testament, priests wore all kinds of different things. Tunics and these special effort and in many Anglican churches in the Roman Catholic Church, we still wear these things. Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament had special access to God, and God then commanded them to wear special clothing, to do special things before they entered the temple, especially before they entered the Holy of Holies, um, the place where God is thought, um, uh, uh, the place that symbolized God's presence. But when the Reformers went back to the Bible... They saw that much of the thinking around modern priesthood was outdated. It may have applied in the time of the Old Testament, but not so much in the time after Jesus' coming. Because they found that all Christians, every Christian, is supposed to be a priest. For we all have the same access to God. 
And if we go back to the past three, three weeks and the messages that we've heard, you can see how the doctrine of the priesthood of all believers comes out of the solas of the Reformation. Sola Scriptura, when the Reformers discovered that the Bible should actually be read by everybody, by everyone, so they tra- Luther translated the entire Bible so they could read uh, the Bible, for everybody could read it in German. It belonged to everybody. Everybody should have access to it, not just the priests, not just the learned. Sola gratia. We're all saved by grace alone. There, the, 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 the God, there's, there's no works um, that we, we need to contribute to. We're only saved by grace alone. And so, uh, sola fide. We receive the righteousness of God through our faith alone in Christ. And so, uh, so Christo, everybody has the same access to God through Christ. Everybody has the same access to God through Christ. So when Martin Luther, the great reformer, um, uh, then, then turned to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, this famous verse, to declare the priesthood of all believers. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's special possession. Where, wherever before, uh, where before there was a tribe that was set apart to be a, 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 a to, to, for priests to be selected from, he says that all Christians now have become a nation of priests. Whether you wear, wear a collar to work, or a suit, or an overall to an apron, or whatever you wear at home, you are a priest working simply at a different sector. And when Luther came to understand this fact, he declared that our ordination, everybody goes through an ordination, and that ordination is baptism. In baptism, we answer that call. We say that we are set apart for God. Not just set apart for God to live holy lives, but then sent out to work as Christians, as priests, in every sector all around the world. Baptism is the special recognition that we have been set apart uh, for God. And if you think about it, that thought shouldn't be all that shocking because, after all, Jesus broke with the entire Jewish ranks, tradition of many thousands of years, hundreds of years, when he chose his, his disciples not from a ranks of a special tribe, but actually from people like fishermen, tax collectors. Jesus chose them to be his disciples. And when Jesus died, the curtain that separated um, God from people in the Holy of Holies, that thick curtain tore from top to bottom, giving the same access through Christ to God to everyone. Everyone could go to God in confidence through Christ. But Paul isn't just stopping at access of priesthood, access that the priests had um, to, to God. He's talking about the role of the priest as well. If you think about the role of the priest, um, priest is to represent God to people, especially through the teaching of his law, his word. Priests often read from the scrolls and explained what that meant to people. So he represented God to the people. But not only that, the flip side of that is also the priest's role of representing people to God. They, on people's behalf, prayed. 
they, on people's behalf, offered sacrifices to God. And you see what um, his, uh, what radical thing, what privilege uh, that we, everyone, is being given here. We're not only inheriting the access, we're inheriting the job description as well to represent God to people, to represent people to God. Verse 9 says that we were chosen so that, that we will declare God's praise, so that we may speak of God, that we may declare his great name. We're entrusted with the responsibility of declaring God's praise. We're given this responsibility of representing God to the world, to each other and to the world. And the second task of offering sacrifices back to God on behalf of the people, well, that sacrifice was done once and for all. The sacrifice of redemption is done once and for all, but then we're given this responsibility of uh, giving sacrifice of thanksgiving. So in Romans, um, Paul explains how we are saved in the first 11 chapters. 11 chapters, he explains how we are saved only by, through, uh, by, by grace, only through faith in Christ. But then after he says that, he starts um, his chapter 12 with these famous words. If you can turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, this is what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done in Christ, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. All of us, then, ourselves are offered to God our bodies, our lives, who we are as living sacrifices, Back to God. Our lives should have the fragrance of offering to God. Fragrance of self-sacrifice. Love and joy and peace and discipline and kindness. Patience. All those things that we are to be when we follow Jesus as our Lord. He should have that fragrance of sacrifice as we offer our lives back to God. So, if you're asking then, what, what is your job? What are you supposed to do? Me, as a minister, as a person who's supposed to do this uh, full-time. I'm not preaching myself out of a job here, I think. Um, Luther did distinguish public and private ministry. I think it makes perfect sense. What we do when we, do, when we meet publicly together... When we do things publicly, some people are called and some people are entrusted with the responsibility of representing everyone's call. And to do that publicly, to teach and to baptize, to to declare God's promises publicly. But this is on behalf of everyone who's supposed to have the same calling. You all have the same call. It's just that I do it publicly. Or officially, but privately, Luther says, when he says privately, he really means unofficially, wherever you live, whatever, whenever you meet together, you are to do the same calling. There are some of you who come, who have come to this church this Sunday to support me in my ministry in this church. And if you came to do that, thank you so much for doing that. 
Thank you. I need that support. However, what I can tell you is that the ministries of Shatin Church isn't something that I do. It's not something, it's not a calling that I received. The ministries of Shatin Church is for all of you. You've received the same calling. This is your ministry. You are a priest in the eye of God because God has redeemed you and given you that access and called you, set, a, set you apart from everybody else to be a nation of priests, to be a kingdom, to be a holy nation. This is your calling. And what I have been called to do is to work alongside of you, to support you in your ministry. And if you, once again, have thought, there's this idea that, 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 that ministries for pastors and for church, uh, for, for church leaders. And I want to just say that that's not true. Ministries for all of you, for all of you, you have received that calling. And for all of us, because all of us have been bought by Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ. All of us, our lives are set apart by Christ. I wear this publicly, but this is your calling as well. You are slaves of Christ. You are set apart by Christ for the world and for each other. And if you think that when people say, uh, um, when I talk about my calling, people think, oh, that must be incredibly difficult. Well, if you think that this calling that you have received is going to be difficult, well, it is going to be difficult, but you're not to do it alone. You're not to do it alone. We are to do it as a people, not as individuals. As I moved um, to the, um, uh, the U.S. When I, uh, at the age of 12, um, I used to, for a while, I, I, think, I used to think I was white because I was surrounded by these white Americans in high school, and I just thought, well, I'm just one of them. But when I went to college, I realized, there was a moment when I realized, wow, I'm not white, or I'm not, I've, 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 come, I've, I've come up with a, a sort of completely different sort of upbringing in my life. And I've told this story before. Um, I was a freshman uh, in college, and, and my friend had bought this pizza, and he, he was uh, eating it in the, in the lounge, which is a mistake, because vultures like me gathered around um, him and his, 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 uh, his pizza. And I went for the kill one, one time, and I said, could I have a piece? And he said, yes, you can, but for a dollar. <laughs> and I was so shocked, um, because I thought, how could you ask? me for a dollar. It seems so, not only petty, but you know, that's the sort of individualistic thinking that Americans have. And I want to, if there are Americans uh, here, I love you all, and I think there are many, many great things that America has to offer and Americans have to offer. But, um, and, and I know that this might be surprising to you as well, because this sort of stinginess didn't happen amongst my other friends, but it then did make me think about my Korean upbringing. How such a request could never happen in Korea because we're all about saving face and we're all about, you know, uh, we, we have this tradition of fighting over bills, don't we? It's because we say, you know, oh, no, 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 we'll pay for this. I'll pay for, for you this time. And that sort of thinking is there because we think in terms of the group, in terms of what, what, how, what you're thinking comes, um, 
into my mind, into everyday thought, what other people are thinking, what other people need, are, are, are part of everyday thought as an Asian. But America, on the other hand, is, once again, I love you all, but it's a bastion of individualism. Um, individualized individuality is prized over collectivity. And um, you, so that's why we're asked to pay for a piece of pizza. And unfortunately, this sort of individualism has crept into Christianity as well, especially um, by false understanding or misunderstanding of this doctrine of priesthood of all believers. Some people have taken the idea of priesthood of all believers to mean that since each person has direct access to God, that we need no other people. Since we can approach God by ourselves, why do I need other people? Since I can read the Bible for myself, why do I need other people? There's actually a, a theologian who's been fairly influential in American theology called Mullins um, who says exactly that. It's not so far from there to declare the, uh, that the, the Christian, uh, being a Christian is uh, an individual thing, not just an individual thing, but a private thing. That's why people say religion is for the private sphere. And if it, it makes sense, if, that, if, if uh, Christianity is all about me, God, and the Bible. But if you're bristling at this thought, then your minds have been formed rightly because that is decidedly unbiblical. Just look at the passage in, in verse 4, 1 Peter verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, Jesus Christ, rejected by human and crucified, but chosen by God and precious to him. And in verse 5, you also, like the living stone, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I hope you heard that rightly. As you come to the living stone, Jesus Christ, you are being built together. Side by side, brick by brick, stone by stone, you are being built together into a spiritual house. That famous verse 9 that Luther quotes, it doesn't say you have been chosen as a person, a chosen person, a chosen priest. It says we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Better translation would be a kingdom of priests than a holy nation, God's possession. We as a collective people are, are, are chosen. As a collective people are a nation and a kingdom. And this makes sense since a priest doesn't exist for himself but for God and for the community. His role is for the community. And this is what we are being asked to do. Priesthood, the priesthood is, is for each other and for the world. Your priesthood, your calling, your calling is given for each other. For each other. Um, and as we stand before God, we are to intercede for others. We are to pray for others. 
We are to teach others. We are to rebuke others. We are to encourage others around us. The universal priesthood expresses not religious individualism, but its exact opposite, the reality of saints forming one community, of serving one another. So how do you think of your Christian identity? First, may I challenge you to think why you come to church each week slightly differently. Once again, some people come to church to receive and then to go. We are to be fed by God's word. You come to, to, to sense God's presence, to be fed by God's word, and to go out. We come to be blessed individually. We come um, to, to worship God individually, to meet God individually, to live then um, for God individually out there. Well, once again, the priesthood is for each other. We are to pray for each other, to proclaim the gospel for each other, to teach each other, encourage each other. And I hope, may I just ask you to think about coming to church in that way. You come to church for each other, to serve each other, to exercise your priestlyhood, priestlyhood for each other. Because God is creating a new people, a new priesthood, a new nation that we all may declare God's praises. And of course, I want to just say that one of the best places to exercise your priesthood is in small groups, because it is difficult to do um, here on Sunday um, as we just come and go. And if you haven't signed up um, for small groups, may I just encourage you to do that? Because this is the place where we do exactly this, isn't it? To teach each other, to rebuke each other, to encourage each other, to pray for each other. This is where we exercise our priestly, uh, 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 our calling. And more than that, not just in small groups. Do not dash off today, uh, back home after the service. Why don't you just stick around a little bit? Stick around the church, go downstairs over coffee, ask people how they're doing. Hear their concerns. Look for opportunities to pray for each other. At least hear their concerns and pray at home. Opportunity to pray and help and, and, and teach. Um, every Sunday that we, uh, when we meet in our, in our, in our fellowship, in our uh, coffee hours, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special people, and you definitely do not have to wear a collar for this. And finally, the priesthood of all believers means um, that we not only concern ourselves with the spiritual stuff, but also with the everyday stuff. This is for the kingdom, not just for salvation. Our call is partly to the church, but it doesn't end there. But our calling, our priesthood, is for the entire world. Our call isn't also just to heaven, but to be a part of reclaiming this whole world, redeeming this world, and recreating this world to establish God's kingdom on earth. And that kingdom is bigger than this church. This kingdom is bigger than Hong Kong. This kingdom is bigger than the whole Asia. This kingdom is for the entire world. You see, verse 9 harkens back to all the way back to the call um, that God gives to the nation of Israel 
after the Exodus. And you can hear the Exodus language here, um, couldn't you, in verses 9 and 10. Declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's Exodus. Darkness into light. Once you had not received, uh, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. That's Exodus. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is Exodus language. In fact, verse 9 is almost a verbatim, a quotation of Exodus 19, verses 4 to 6. Um, you don't have to turn to it. I'll read it to you. Um, Exodus 19, verses 4 to 6. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me and, and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Through Exodus... God formed a nation. And remember what the law was about. It wasn't just about how to offer sacrifices to God. It had laws about justice. It had laws about uh, economics, how we should be treating the poor, how we should farm, how we should live our daily lives. The laws concerned every part of our lives because God was concerned about building a nation of, of priests, a holy nation in which everything that they did represented who God was, reflected who God was. And our call to be a kingdom of priests concerns more than just salvation. Definitely salvation, but more than salvation. It cannot be less than that. Citizenship need to be given. And we're saved only through by faith in Christ Jesus. But it shouldn't end there. Kingdoms need engineers, teachers, and cooks, and cleaners, bankers, and accountants, and doctors. And whatever your job is, we need those people in God's kingdom to build up God's kingdom all over the world. The goal of salvation, once again, has been, or has always been, reclamation, redeeming, redemption, and the recreation of the whole world. It's about everything that Christ has taught us to do. And since we are all priests, all our homes and workplaces, they should have God's representatives there. They should have a flavor of God's fragrant sacrifice being offered there. All of our homes um, should have that fragrance. Since we're all priests, there shouldn't be a rigid dichotomy of sacred and, 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 and secular. Businesses, finances, politics, domestic affairs, education, whether you work in a Christian school or not, are holy if believers are there. They should be making a difference there, not just saving lives, but doing things in a way that God wants you to do. And this, is, once again, isn't simply for some. This is for all. This call is for all people. The whole gospel, for the whole of God's people. Its aim is to empower the whole of their lives. Some people, um, one person, one theologian um, has called, um, he said that some people have made Christianity about, um, about our personal exit strategy to heaven. It's all about heaven, how we get to heaven. 
But it's not just that. It's to exercise our priesthood in all things that we do. That's what Christianity is all about. And you have been called out of darkness into his wonderful light to be a holy nation. And I pray that as you go today to your homes and tomorrow to your workplaces and all the things that you do, that you will be salty, that people will taste the saltiness that people will taste the fragrance of the, the sacrifice that, that you're offering wherever you are, that God may be praised. Let's pray.